Welcome to the Mixtape, a podcast that delves into all things music. Join host Mia Esperanza as she takes you on a journey through the world of sound and rhythm, exploring the latest trends, classic favorites, and hidden gems in the music industry. From rock and roll to country and blues, from pop to classical, Mia will share her passion for music with you and give you a new appreciation for the art that moves us. So sit back, turn up the volume, let's get ready to rock. This is the Mixtape. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Mixtape. I'm your host, Mia Esperanza, and I know every week I have the habit of saying I have a very special guest, Um, but today is extra special, Um, (laughs) probably second to the little brother that I don't shut up about, Um, (laughs) but with me, I have Sam Lina. You want to tell us a little bit about you and about our relationship? Hey guys, um, so yeah, I'm Sam Lina. I'm a singer-songwriter based in Nashville, Tennessee, and I've been singing since I could talk. Oh, um, wow. And Mia is the best person ever in my book. <laughs> We're actually starting to work together now, so mm-hmm. she's my manager. Yeah, so the media agency, Momentum Image Agency, that actually produces this podcast is a big part of Sam's journey now. We officially are working with her as a client, so we're managing her. Um, So big things, lots of awesome, fun-moving pieces. Um, So I'm really excited to have you on here. This is going to be a lot of fun, I think. I'm so excited, too. It's my first podcast. It is? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. (laughs) I know. First of many. I'm usually like everybody's like second or third. You get first. Um, so I, I get first pick. This is this is nice. You are the special one who gets <laughs> first. <laughs> um, so, Sam, why don't you kind of, you said that you started singing essentially when you could talk. Like, yeah. Walk us through kind of, obviously, not your entire life, um, but kind of those pivotal moments that shaped, like, your musical influence in your career. Yeah. So when I was really young, I would be running around the house just babbling and like coming up with little tunes mm-hmm. um so my mom always knew that I was gonna have to write songs okay. my first gift that I really asked for was a recorder so I could go <laughs> it was like this little plastic silver recording device yeah. it wasn't a, it was like pre iPhones pre-smartphones and everything and so I would just sit around in my swing off of a tree in oh, my wow. front yard and we would just I would swing back and forth and just write like musicals And I loved it so much. So my mom tried to get me to play guitar. Uh, It took five tries. Oh, wow. (laughs) Of taking lessons and being like, I don't know. I don't want to do this. Um, But I finally fell in love with it. Mm -hmm. I did voice lessons, a lot of musical theater growing up. Yeah. I went to a performing arts high school for a couple of years. Uh, And my mom sent me to all of these, like, theater camps and singing camps and – did piano, all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. uh, until I got to go to college. <laughs> the leaf is, like, jumping in, like, <laughs> oh hey, I want to be a part of this. <laughs> we just got attacked. <laughs> it's so pretty back here, I can't. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was it was really cool. I got to go to college for songwriting, which is mm-hmm. the weirdest major yeah. in the world. But, it's <laughs> it, like, it fits. That's what you wanted to do, so. Yeah. 
Like, it's not weird if it's exactly <laughs> what you were looking for. I, it was. I literally, my uh, vice principal called me into the office right before I picked my school. And he was like, you can do anything else. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you going to music school? <laughs> and I was like, I hate when people are like that, honestly. You know, I think he, now he's really happy because, like, yeah. the, now they kind of brag, oh, we got somebody in Nashville. Yeah. Which it worked out. It all worked out for the best. Yeah. So I got my degree in songwriting, and the funny thing is I actually almost minored in philosophy, but I didn't oh. want to stay an extra semester just to finish it Yeah. because uh, I graduated in three years, and I was like, I want to move down to Nashville. So you're one of those crazy people yeah. that like philosophy. Yeah. I literally, my degree was almost a major in songwriting with a minor in philosophy. Yeah. Talk about the most useful degree on the planet. <laughs> Ain't no way. You, uh, philosophy class was the bane of my existence in college. Really? I could not do it. Did you see? You saw in my uh, in my bedroom. She's staying with me here in Nashville, yep. which is awesome. <laughs> um, she's the best person to have stay at your house. Like it's amazing. Oh. And it was great, but I was showing her all my bookshelves. Yeah. <laughs> and I have an entire shelf dedicated to just philosophy books. Nope, not me. <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm a nerd. I'm too logic driven for. The uh, brain melting that occurs when you're like thinking about philosophy. Yeah, it's so. it's a lot, but I love it. I I love. Um, oh gosh, there's Crash Test Dummies. Yep. He is got his PhD in philosophy, I believe. Okay. And so it's one of the things that he makes him a great songwriter, and the way he uses words yeah. is so cool. And like for me, songwriting is all about great word choice yeah. and being able to use kind of different things and twists and. Uh, so I always like to expand my mind because it mm-hmm. makes it easier for me to put those yeah. things in songs, you know? Well, speaking of songwriting, <laughs> yeah, uh, you that want, was you a wanna, noise. You want to spill that? Okay. Like so what just happened? Mia wrote her very first song. I co-wrote y'all like contributed actually more than one word. I yeah. Co-wrote. You got a whole line. Yeah. Well, you got more than that, but, yeah. like, one line's, like, all yours. And, like, a solid one-liner, Do you want to tell them what it is? <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> to make a long story short, I, I guess I kind of alluded to this when, like, Derek, our, yes. one of our recent guests, he's asking me, like, well, uh, what's your pet peeve or, like, what bothers you? And uh, I just – I don't like when people aren't straight up. And so um, we actually – or I had an experience coming to Nashville. I was kind of bummed out about it. Um, people just kind of like tell you they're going to do one thing and then do another. There's another B. <laughs> <sighs> I'm going to try and sit still. You got this. I believe in you. Uh, I was bummed and we got home mm-hmm. and Sam was like, hey, don't worry about it. I got what you need. You want to tell him what it was? One. Out of the backs. <laughs> yeah. So we, we came up with this entire concept of, like, girls night in, um, boys ain't it, basically, and uh, wine out of the box is going to be better than anything they could have really given you. So yep. <laughs> it was a really fun <laughs> little experience. Um, it was really good to know that that situation was good for something because we went into that stage up to, like, gosh, almost four in the morning. Yeah. Just writing that song because it, it just kept going. So my contribution to the song was um, Jack Ain't It. it for, <laughs> yeah. Jack Ain't <laughs> uh, Unless He's on the Rocks. Um, so that was 
my little play on words that we got to Amazing. use. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know where it come from. I'll be honest. It just kind of happened. <laughs> that is basically songwriting in a nutshell. You yeah. don't know where it comes from. You don't know. I mean, you can, you can practice all you want, but it's a little bit of soul. That's yeah. all it is. You throw a little bit of soul in there and everything works out just fine. <laughs> I, like the, I like that the story is really real. Um, I know that we talked about it and it's not necessarily your style. Yeah. Um, because your style is more rock heavy. Pop than blues that, like, with a punch. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I call it. That's really good, actually. And that song that we wrote was very country. Yes. <laughs> that is why we have lots of friends that sing country. That yeah. cut my songs when I write something where I'm like, this isn't for me. So I just call up my girlfriends and yeah. or guy friends, depending on what the song is. Mm-hmm. And I say, hey, you want this? That's really awesome. So, um other than that, obviously, because in my head, that's going to be the most fun you've ever had writing a song. Um, <laughs> like, second to that. Second to that. That's hard. Hard to beat, I know. Well, there's... Okay, so this <laughs> one was fun in a weird way. All right, okay. but I'm going to go with it. So, I... It was probably one of the most picturesque okay, and telling times of writing a song. I wrote this song called Please Don't Say Hello. But it just feels like we've known each other for way longer than we have. Oh, yeah. We were making people guess all week on, like, how long we've known each other. Average is, like, seven years. Yeah. (laughs) Which is odd, to say the least. At two weeks. Yeah. Two and a half, like, solid weeks. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I met her when I was up in December um, through a weird, like, mutual internet friend that was like, hey, I kind of know someone who plays in Nashville. And go see her. I was like, sure. Like, why not? And I know him from middle school. So (laughs) weirdest, randomest connection ever. And so, um, yeah, I went and saw her show, fell in love with her style and her sound. And then when I was up last time, I was here alone for work. I was like, you know what? I should probably make some friends in this city. (laughs) So glad you thought that. (laughs) And uh, at a bare minimum, I was going to get some content out of you. So I was like, hey, um, let's do a podcast. And then we hung out and didn't do it. Yeah, because we were just so busy hanging out. Yeah, we were just having fun. So um, we this is this is not work. Um, yeah. This is definitely fun for me. So, yeah, that's how me and Sam kind of became the duo. Now I'm managing her. and I'm so excited. It just kind of, like, <laughs> fell into our laps in, like, a really cool way. It's going to be really fun, and I can't wait for you to move up here. Oh, yeah, it's coming. Everybody's um, talking about it. I'm so excited. Like, the punchline now is like, well, when you move up here. I'm like, okay, guys. We'll win. <laughs> oh, it was really fun at the bar last night. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I My favorite thing, I was joking with some friends. Uh, I was like, my favorite thing is to watch you meet all these guys. And they go, oh. I literally watched them all do this move. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was so funny. Not me being oblivious. Oh, my gosh, girl. They were all just like, hi. I was like, hey. That's my friend. You should buy me a drink. <laughs> <laughs> I, I blame it on the cowboy hat. That's it. Oh, you had the long live cowboys yeah. sweatshirt on too. Lainey Wilson sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. I was testing a theory. Um, talked about it. So this will be two episodes behind on Derek's episode. Okay. You can go listen to that. We talked about celebrity lookalikes. I've been told Lainey Wilson and Lauren Elena. I will not confirm nor deny the comparison, but I do know... Every time I'm on Broadway, there is someone who wakes up 
very disappointed because they see a picture of a not Lainey Wilson or Lauren Elena with them in their phone. Well, uh, once this fail. podcast blows up, um, then yeah. they'll be like, oh, my God, it's Mia Esperanza. Yeah. Easy. I didn't think about it like that. That's why you got to think I'm about I'm just, it. like, prepping. Yeah. <laughs> You're just getting pre-photos. Yeah. <laughs> People are getting pre-photos. Yeah. Pre-famous. They don't even know. They don't know what'll hit them. I love it. But so anyway, you have a second favorite songwriting yes. experience <laughs> somewhere in that. This describes all of our days hanging out. Yeah, it's, we it's, bounce around, but it eventually gets done. I love it, though. <laughs> I'm way better at tangents. <laughs> um, okay, so <clears throat> I wrote this song. It's called Please Don't Say Hello. Mm-hmm. It's out. I've got like a little acoustic version of it okay. under Lina Like She's Live. It's my little EP I did. Okay. Um, and this song was, I, I joke, it took three years, mm-hmm. an hour and a half, and three quarters of a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> oh, wow. To write. Um, because I was in college. I had just gone, gotten back. So I was in college. I had just gotten back from like a little tour that I did with a friend of mine. We just did an East Coast tour up and down mm-hmm. during Christmas break. Oh, cool. It was super fun. And when I got back, I noticed that this guy that I like, was just so into mm-hmm. in high school. My senior year of high school, I was like, we FaceTimed like every night yeah, till like three in the morning for months and months and months um, that whole year. Uh, he wanted me to go to the same college as him, mm. whole thing. And we just stopped talking. We had a big fight. It yeah. was kind of like, and I didn't fully understand it. It was kind of weird. Uh, I was supposed to go visit him, mm. talk to his mom and everything. You know how that goes. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, rewind to the wine out of the box. <laughs> that was my amazing, perfect rendition of a record scratch. That perfect. was that. Um, but yeah, so he was watching my stories and I was in like a town close to him mm. when he started watching it. And I was like, I don't know if I want him to show up or not. Yeah. I don't know if I want him to see my stories or not because I hadn't heard from him in three years at this point yeah and um he was in new york i was in boston and i was like it just i I had so many emotions and i didn't know how to think about it and so that whole day i'd kind of been sitting with that idea in my head of like Mm -hmm. should i block him should i what i don't know what to do and i don't know how to feel either i don't know what if i wish i would see him and be able to talk to him or if i wish that i would never see him again and so I was actually both at viable options, right? So I was at a party and I was drinking. I was literally playing this drinking game called get effed. Oh, nice. Yeah. So we were all like having so much fun. It was college party kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, it hit me like a lightning bolt. Like it, it was like, it started pouring out of me. Please don't mm-hmm. say hello. I st- it started with the first verse and it just yeah. came to me like a flash and I was like, I have to go. So I immediately ran home. Mm-hmm. And all the while, I'm like trying to write stuff down on my phone. I get home and I sit in my bed in my little studio apartment in yeah. Boston with my bay window. It was the prettiest like little apartment. I had all the like lights on, Christmas yeah. lights and everything. I loved that apartment. That was kind of where I found myself. And I just sat on the bed picked up a guitar, wrote the most intricate guitar part I'd ever written. Oh, wow. Like, and it just came out of me. I have no idea how I did it. I don't know. 
yeah. how I knew how to do that, but I just did. Oh, cool. And it took an hour and a half, and I wrote the whole song. Front to back. Easy Gosh. peasy. And it came out of me. I did not edit a single line in the entire song just from that it. moment. Yeah. Wow. And it's a lot of people's favorite song of mine now yeah. to this day because it's, it's, it's really sad, and it's like premise being, mm-hmm. if I see you again, please don't say hello. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. Because I don't want to know where you are. I don't know. I don't want to know what you're doing. I don't want to know anything. If yeah. you see me, just walk away and let me go. You know? Be strangers again. Mm-hmm. Oh, ah! Yeah. Oh, that's so bad. Oh, it hurt to write. <laughs> but that was the first one, I think, where my mom was like, oh. She was like, you. You might be good at this. Well, she, she I mean, I was already in college for songwriting at the time. Yeah. So she was, she was always supportive. But it was like, but yeah, that was, that was probably the most magical songwriting I called it my song angel like just came to me and gave me the song and it was a song that needed to be written and I just latched onto the idea and it just came through me yeah I was really lucky I love that song that was that one's still special to me yeah feels good every time I sing it (laughs) that's really awesome um this next question hit me it's a very popular question uh, you were with me when I asked it. Yes. Um, so you probably know what's coming. And, I'm prepared. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're not well versed in geography, but smart enough to understand the question. Then some of these country boys you're talking to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been a fun explanation every time I bring I up it. Mount Rushmore. Um, but eventually we'll get there. Everybody yeah. will know what I'm talking about <laughs> one day. Um, so I think it's cute. What it's like one of my favorite questions because yeah. mine always changes like without fail so i like to put everyone else on the spot and Hit say me. like it's literally set in stone because that's what mount rushmore is that's so cute. um that's a I'm songwriter mean, line right there <laughs> <laughs> i'm learning um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's set in stone for you but not for me because i'm the host so that's what i got yeah yeah so who is it who's on it all right so my mount rushmore elton john would be oh, one. yeah because tiny dancer is the reason why i discovered songwriting was an actual profession I didn't get oh, it cool. until I heard Tiny Dancer at summer camp. And somebody was like, oh, yeah, they wrote this and they won a Grammy. And I was like, oh, you can, like, do that. I want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> that was my dream. Um, quick side note about that. Elton, so that was the reason why I decided to be a songwriter. Yeah. And when I went to college and I got to my dorm room, I was in the Elton John room. And my floor theme was the Grammys. Oh, and it was wow. like my family just looked at me like, you're at the right place. Like it was, yeah. it was like a really special moment. Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah. So Elton John's got to be there. Um, I would probably say Carol King. Okay. I absolutely love her writing. I read her autobiography or just biography. I don't think she wrote it. I've seen the musical, like mm-hmm. everything. She's amazing. Um, I love her style. Yeah. I'd say Amy Winehouse. Okay, because, I see that one. Yeah. yeah. I, I usually, when I describe my style to people, I usually throw Amy Winehouse in there. Yeah. Um, because the way that she writes lyrics is just so interesting. And mm-hmm. I try to kind of take that same idea yeah. and um, twist things and put them in a weird way and not be afraid of it and then just sing it aggressively. Yeah. <laughs> I used to double wing my eyeliner and I would always be like, yep, I got to sing Amy Winehouse because you know I put on all that eyeliner for her. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Amy Winehouse is probably up there. Um, and then I got one more, right? Yeah, you got one spot. <sighs> one this spot. is this is always where it gets hard for everybody. Um, and then the kicker is, like, if you want to pick a band, you have to pick, like, one member of the band. One member? Yeah. Well, it's usually easier one for face. me. 
That's true. Well, it's easier for me, though, because I usually pick the songwriters. <laughs> okay. So, that works. Um, but maybe I'll pick a performer. Whoever's okay, this is a weird you. one. Okay. And this is a new one. Really? Yeah. So this is, like, somebody that I saw recently, like, literally three or four weeks ago. Okay. I saw them live, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to study what he does because – he you is told like me about this. Yeah, you already know what's coming. Yep. Bruno Mars. Yeah. Because this guy, when he puts on a show, it's perfect. Yeah. The production value, the absolute choreography. I mean, it's it's choreography with the camera work. Yeah. I mean, it's insane. He knows how to pause, he knows how to show off the band, he knows how to like have the coolest light shows. I mean, this guy has to be absolutely on it and every single person on his team has to be absolutely on it and that level of dedication is what I would like to strive towards so I'm gonna be watching all of Bruno Mars's concerts now and every time I feel down I'm gonna be like well I could be working that hard so I should be let's go yeah (laughs) that's awesome I really think that um he kind of shaped some of the music that was like that 2012 2016 Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, like, Grenade at its peak. Like, ugh. He's so good. And I think, um, I personally, I think, like, 2012, 2016, um, for music, it was both a really good and a really bad time at mm-hmm. the same time. Because, like, you had these great artists like a Bruno Mars. Yeah. And they'd come out with just an absolute hit of a track. But me being 12 years old, 13 years old... Uh, our generation would grab that and then it'd become kitschy. Yeah. And, um, it would kind of lose some of its like value. Like I'll, I will put on Bruno Mars like Sunday morning cleaning all day. Oh, it's like, perfect. He's so good. Um, what's the song about being lazy? Today like, I don't feel like doing anything. Yep. Uh, personal jukebox over here. <laughs> um, exactly. So it's just, I think that that time for music was just so hard. Because, yeah. like, you've got Vine and everything, and it's, like, everything can lose so much artistic value quick. The it was short it attention trendy. spans. Yep. Well, and I think one of the things I actually, funny enough, like, that specific time, I was, like, watching everything, and I was, like, I want to be a great songwriter specifically, and that's why I focused on lyrics so much because I felt like the music was getting really cool. Yep. So people were starting to bring in other instruments into mm-hmm. pop music. Like, there was all those trumpets yeah parts that were in these songs and it was really cool to see like violin and all these really cool instruments that are have an amazing art to them being brought into pop production yeah however the lyrics were still kind of being like very flat digestible yeah like very uh easy listening yeah and i like pushing the boundaries just a little Mm -hmm. bit like Take a cool cliche, take a cool phrase, take a cool saying and a cool idea that's really simple and just give it a little bit of art to it and touch to it to make somebody kind of on their toes a little bit and be like, oh, I can apply that to this. Or, oh, this is describing this really specific feeling rather than some general, big general idea. And at that time, all of the songs I feel like were pretty general and Super predictable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know exactly where everything's going to go. Yeah. Um, And I think that's why like that style of music is... It's so hard. We see it with TikTok. Yeah. Like, TikTok, you get a new artist. They'll tease a song Mm -hmm. for months on end, and it's literally the bridge or the best part of the song. And that's, like, all you get. Because by Mm -hmm. the time the actual song comes out, 
that's the best part. Yeah. And you've already been so desensitized to it. Like, you, you don't even want to listen to it anymore. Exactly. So, yeah. I think TikTok's, like, a good and a bad thing for musicians right now. It's hard because now um, when people are going to labels and stuff, too, everybody's just like, what are your numbers? Yep. And numbers are hard. <laughs> yeah, numbers We're, are hard. We only want to count to four. That's why we didn't go to regular school and we are musicians. So yeah. we count to four, six, eight. Perfect. That's it. <laughs> well, and I think, too, like numbers in social media in particular, they're inflated, mm-hmm. especially um, with men. Like yeah. women, young women, we control the pop culture market. It's been a thing since Elvis being the first rock star. Women, 19 to 35, they control pop culture. Absolutely. And, like, 98% of all pop culture sales and, like, money is or some crazy number that high. Don't quote me on that. Um, <laughs> it's just an insane amount of control that young women have on the population when it comes to music in particular. So then you throw TikTok in. Mm-hmm. And you take a pretty boy, pretty boy. <laughs> who's got, like, a little bit of charisma and a little bit of charm. And maybe an accent. <laughs> yeah. And maybe, like, a good style and aesthetic. And he can put out the most mediocre music. Mm-hmm. But he will have a dedicated fan base. Absolutely. Because of the fact that he is attractive. Whereas, so, like, coming into a scene like Nashville, you just see so much raw talent. Like, we went to Pin Drop. Yes. Uh, eventually, I hope they listen to this. I hope I'm going to interview you guys. Going to plan on it the next time I'm here in Nashville. Oh. Um, but Pin Drop is a writer's round series that Sam took me to the mm-hmm. first night that I got here. Yeah. And um, wow. Like the amount of talent in that room and the people that deserve it because they have just like such true dedication to the craft and the words. Like it's just insanity to me. And then you see... The cutesy guy with the mediocre music and the big following just, yeah. like, get all of it. and um, Which, good on them because they know how to capitalize yeah. their market. They're really smart. But I would love to see some of – I think the hard part about TikTok and the market nowadays is that people that are so busy focusing on one aspect of their craft yep. that are putting their 10,000 hours in on songwriting or these, like, live performance moments, they maybe don't have the money or the backing to be – doing these other things and have people sponsoring and like a lot of times a great songwriter is going to be a total introvert who's going to be in their room writing constantly yeah and so those people maybe don't know how to talk to a camera yeah and I think I would love to see a community here kind of break out because I Mm -hmm. bet people could break out in a community which is what yeah I'm hoping to do and what I think everybody's working on, but we all suck at social media. So thank you, Mia, for (laughs) coming in and saving our lives. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I just, I think it's really hard because, um, with my nonprofit and like everything that I do is very much to like preserve people's self identity. Yes. And so in the pop culture market, we're just constantly exposed to those personas that these people yeah. craft and that they want you to believe to the point where like you'll meet said person mm-hmm. and they are on their game all the time and you do not know who is the real person you're talking to. Absolutely. So I want to just humanize the industry and that's why I'm excited to work with you because I know it's difficult um, as a young woman in Nashville uh, doing your own music. You don't fit the mold. No. You're <laughs> not super into country music. You're like on that nice fine line between country and rock that mm-hmm. I think is 
up and coming that people are ignoring. Hopefully. <laughs> and um, you're also a brunette, which unfortunately is ridiculous because people think they can copy and paste Dolly Parton and just be fine. But, I mean, that's what we see in the trends. It's all yeah. blonde um, country women. I'm also tall, which yeah. makes a big difference, believe it I or not. I forget that. Yeah, I know. You are the tallest short person I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> we, I literally took out a measuring tape. I was like, I don't believe. I do not believe. <laughs> Did you see that? No. Annette just went up my nose. Oh, my God. God, that is do this. high quality content right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the people want to see. Give them what they want. Nat's up the nose. Nat's up the nose. Me embarrassing myself on camera constantly. Me tripling down and turning it into a chant. Yeah, great. <laughs> That's what I do. That's how I avoid. At this point. Oh, yeah. That's also how I avoid being awkward is anytime <laughs> I just dive into it and become absolutely more <laughs> awkward. <laughs> So that way, everyone's just like, oh, okay. It it breaks all the tension. Yeah, I mean, it works. There's another yellow jacket. I don't even want to look at it. Oh, my word. Please go away from me. He's gone. Okay. Anyway. Um, but, yeah, I just think that social media in itself, like, we're constantly advertising ourselves to each other. I mean, I'm guilty of it. Everybody is. Like, You're, you're not great gonna... at it. Well, thank you. Um, Which but is why I try I'm excited to, be... to work with you. <laughs> I try to keep it authentic, though, and I think that's um, what people are missing in marketing and PR. Like, I studied it, and I find very quickly that, like, the tactics that we're taught um, to, like, prop ourselves up like a product, it doesn't work anymore uh, because of the fact that, like, these lessons that we're teaching, they're so outdated Mm -hmm. because technology outruns that tenfold. So by the time we have a new social media platform, everything that we learn about other strategy goes out the window. Well, and and it's person to person too. Like I think for some people it really works to dive into that mold that we're talking about and be like, hey, I'm going to be the best in this mold or I'm going to use this to my advantage and then break out, which is awesome. But I find that every time I try to do that, it just doesn't work for me. So I think finding that individual um, way to do things is the best way. Well, social media should be social. Right. It's like in the name. And I think that's where we lose everybody mm-hmm. is that we are taught to market ourselves constantly. Like there's nothing wrong with branding yourself and creating this image, but it should be you. Yeah. Because when you do meet these people and especially in Nashville, like everyone's up and coming in Nashville, like there's so much talent. And so if everybody feels like they have to be on all the time, like not only is that going to be really hard on you mentally, and like constantly feeling like you're always going to be down in the dumps because it's going to get to a point where you don't know who you are. And then everyone around you is going to start questioning it too, because they're going to get two different sides of you when you do ultimately become vulnerable with these people and form these relationships. Absolutely. We got so deep. I love it. <laughs> like, wow. But it, I mean, it's very it true. Hit me. I was like, wow, this is a good, <laughs> this is a good conversation we're having. Well, it's what happens when you're friends. <laughs> yeah. Like, cause, and also I think it's something we're, we saw and we're talking about like going out and about like, yeah. You know, and it's one of the things that I told you about going on dates, like mm-hmm. in Nashville. Like, I don't let dates hear me sing at all. Yeah. For a while. Like, I try to make it like at least a month where they don't hear me sing mm-hmm. at all because they get a different opinion of me and they kind of want me to stay that way rather than be vulnerable. They build an image. 
Absolutely. And I think that's why it's so hard with social media as well is if you want to be vulnerable, if you want to be like a real person, people are uncomfortable with what they're not used to. So they would rather you just kind of stick to what you show and then always be that. They don't want to see the other sides and facets of your personality. Like I'm a songwriter and I'll go up there and I'll sing songs. Like when I'm on Broadway, I'll sing songs about key and guys cars and, you know, doing all that kind of stuff. But I also almost got my minor in philosophy and I love, you know, I love math. Weird. What? Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yuck. You know, and reading and all that kind of stuff. And people don't want, they don't feel uncomfortable about like, they feel uncomfortable. <laughs> it's the onion theory from Shrek. Yeah. I, I love Shrek. I will point to Shrek in any conversation that I can. And you can ask my mom for some reason. Perfect. That was what I was obsessed with as a kid. I love that. Um, but ooh, <laughs> Leaf just like nailed me in the back. Ooh. Um, when it comes to Shrek, like the people like onions. Like you got yeah. layers. And uh, the more you peel away the layers, the more you're probably going to cry. The more it's going to be uncomfortable. But that's a part of being vulnerable. Well, and uh, Shrek, I mean, it can get really deep with Shrek. You have no idea. Oh, I was going to say, like, with the onions and with layers and everything, like, it's, I mean, honestly, with OnlyFans and everything that's going on oh, yeah. with that, like, the only layers that people care about you taking off are the clothes you're wearing. Yeah. Which stinks. That's a whole nother aspect. We could probably go on about that forever. What was the question? Um, I think I was talking about how I measured you. <laughs> how did we get here? I don't know. Wow. Um, I guess that's how you know it's good. I can I can also attest that she is actually 5'3". Five, 5'2 five, and a half. 5'2 and a half. Yep. 5'3 yep. with some boots. 5'3 with some boots. Yep. I didn't believe her, so I literally measured her with a tape measure. I had someone message me on social media <laughs> who found me. I've never met the guy. His opening line was, please tell me why you're 6'5". She is, though. But like, I'm not. I just, I photograph tall, I guess. You you are tall. I said, you're the tallest short person I know. I think I'm just very proportionate, and it throws everybody off. I don't know. Like, I don't, I can't, I'm yeah. tiny. I know. And most of my friends are, like, a lot shorter than me. I I'm get five, lost seven. in a crowd very easily. No. You wear big hats. Well, that's, that's why I wear them. That makes sense. Yeah. You got big hair and big hats. And the silver feather in the side. That's like my calling Girl, card. Girl, you should be from Texas. <laughs> I know. A lot of people say that. Like, I, they're like, where you are get- you from? I'm like, Florida. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, you're like, you're like the panhandle. Is that what it's called? The panhandle? Yep. You're over there, which I feel like is the most Texas part of Florida. Yeah. And we call it lower Alabama. Mm-hmm. Yep. L.A. We literally have a, have a, <laughs> a <laughs> really face. run down, like, club called Club L.A. And it's like literally just the shape of lower Alabama. That is actually perfect too. Club mm-hmm. LA in yeah. Alabama is like a rundown shack. That's yeah. that tracks. just suits. Cause I've been to Pensacola, so I know. Yep. <laughs> I know. That track. I drove through Murder City, literally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's it's literally a, called Murder City. <laughs> there's a place in Alabama. I wonder if it's still open. The one of the coolest distilleries Ooh. I've ever seen was called Murder Creek. And it had a, like, chalk outline out front and, like, a coffin that you could stand in. Like, it was it was so cool. Um, I know obsessed. where Murder Creek is. Like, yeah. that's, I know exactly where that is. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, right outside of Pensacola-ish. Well, we should book a show and play at there that we go. brewery yeah. or distillery. Yeah. So I that's what we'll do. Love distilleries. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I manage you now, so I guess that's kind of what we're going to do, huh? Yeah. I know. I'm so excited. That's so cool. Ah. 
I've got her and Duncan just adding to the list. So we're gonna have so much fun. Like I'm really excited. We we keep talking about this, and um, I think it just fit. Yeah, and we're gonna just have the best time. Like same goals, but in different ways. Mm -hmm. So it's gonna be really cool. Speaking of, um, did you want to tease a little bit about how? You're going to be contributing to the podcast? Yes. So I think we're going to start a little segment Mm -hmm. called The B-Side from the East Side because I live in East Nashville. And I'm going to give little updates on the alternative side of country or or Nashville. Yeah. Kind of like some alternative country, but more like all the singer-songwriter types and all the people that hang out in East Nashville and like pin drop, mm-hmm. yep. all those kinds of people and be the kind of update over there. So yeah. I'm really excited about it. As you guys can tell, it is very easy for me to insert myself into the country music scene. Uh, that's just where I've met people and been able to fall into it. And then you add the wardrobe and it's just easy to fit into it. Oh yeah. Um, so I'm excited to add the B side of the tape, of the mixtape. Um, to the podcast and have Sam kind of be our boots on the ground in East Nashville. And least, at least until... The Nikes on the ground. <laughs> I didn't kick you. No, the, a bee. Did I kick a bee? Yeah. And it like came towards my head. You That's almost tried to amazing. kill me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. I did not mean to do. <laughs> uh, the B-side from the East Side is going to be a new segment on the podcast. Uh, probably bi-weekly is what I'm thinking and we'll get updates from Sam periodically on all of that to kind of add to the show a little bit more until I inevitably get to Nashville everyone's dragging me up here I don't think I have much of a choice anymore no I'm gonna start doing like a counter on the podcast when everyone's oh like gosh. when you move to Nashville when you move to I think we're up to like 18 tallies just within a few episodes oh we're Oh, you're just talking about the episode. That makes oh, sense. I mean... Because in real life, it's way past that. Yeah. In real <laughs> life, I think it's every five minutes while I'm up here. But I'm grateful for it. I think that means that um, the mixtape in itself is building a community. And it will even further build a community mm-hmm. because we're also going to be introducing a writer's round. Yes! From the mixtape. So it's going to be an actual mix of music. Um, so it just it flows really well with the brand and oh, yeah. um, I'm excited to feature a lot of these artists and, like, kind of build that community that's going to be behind the mixtape. So, And Sam is already a big part of that. So I'm so excited that you were on today. Oh, me too. This has been so much fun. My first yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah, in the books and many more to come for sure. I love so if it. you guys have any questions for Sam, she is literally going to be on all the time. I know I say that about pretty much everybody, but she's stuck with me. <laughs> um, so if you have any questions for Sam, go to miasmixtape.com. Fill out the contact form and put in the subject Sam Lina, and then I'll hit her with all those questions every time she Let reports it. on the B side from the East side. Hey. This is Mia Esperanza <laughs> signing off. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Mixtape. <laughs> and that's a wrap on another episode of The Mixtape. We hope you've enjoyed the ride and discovered some new tunes along the way. Don't forget to follow us on all our socials to stay updated on future episodes and join in on the conversation. Until next time, keep the music playing and never stop rocking.